0: Good morning, everybody. If you were able to see my midweek update, you'll know that right now we're standing in um, our prepper room that we have at home, but I have to be honest with you. From the angle of the camera, it kind of may look to you like we have this room full of stuff. Not quite true. Actually, if you look around, there's only a couple of shelves full of stuff. But the fact that we are preparing for the unexpected at all says something. Now I said in my midweek video, again, if you were able to watch it, I said there are some people who take this whole prepper thing to extreme, which is their prerogative by the way. But um, considering the circumstances that we find ourselves in the world today, um, being prepared for the unexpected, at least in a basic sense, seems like a pretty good idea. Speaking of what's going on in the world today, there have been some people who have asked the question, does this world pandemic have anything to do with eschatology? Now, You might be asking, what in the world is eschatology? It's a good question. It's one of those big religious words which really simply means The Study of End Times Prophecy, or the Second Coming of Christ. Again, when people have asked me the question, do do these world events uh, play into end times prophecy? My answer has always been, I don't know. And I really don't. But the fact that we're having the discussion caused me to to wonder if we shouldn't talk about it a little bit more. So what we're going to be doing in the coming weeks is this we're going to try to prepare by laying a firm foundation um, by looking at some of the basic scriptures that talk about eschatology. I'm not, it is not my intention to go deep into any of these theologies. There are uh, enough books and, and other things that have been written. You could fill an entire library um, with all the different ideas and thoughts on eschatology. Again, my only intention for this series in the next few weeks is to help prepare you with a a basic foundation so that it might inspire you to want to do some studying on your own. And if that happens, I will have accomplished my goal. So if you're ready, uh, let's get started. I want you to turn in your Bibles to uh, Mark chapter 13 and uh, we'll do this thing together. Okay, so what I want you to imagine is this. It's a beautiful spring day. The sun is shining and birds are singing, and you're out for a walk. But you're not just out for a walk, you're out for a walk with Jesus. And where are you walking? You're walking in Jerusalem. Actually, on the Temple Mount, you're looking at all the different buildings. It's it's magnificent, it's an architectural marvel, actually. So, you're out walking, it's a beautiful day, the sun is shining, the birds are singing, and um, one of the disciples, Asked Jesus this question, or he makes this statement. Really, he says, "Jesus, look at these buildings. Aren't they beautiful? They're magnificent, aren't they?" Well, what happens next um, takes the conversation in a direction that nobody was prepared for. Jesus uses the um, the occasion of that question to talk about the future. So the first thing that Jesus talks about is his death and resurrection. Now, I'm not at all sure that they're understanding that that's what he's talking about, but he is. But then he goes just a little bit further into the future. Actually, quite a bit further into the future. He's starting to talk about things that haven't even occurred yet. And these are things that people have been talking about and debating for centuries ever since. For example, he talks about... The fact that there will be a, come a time when, when um, after his death and resurrection, after he's ascended into heaven, there will come a time when um, people will, will come upon the scene claiming to be him. And he says, don't believe it. If somebody says that, that it's him, that he's come back, it's not. Because here's the deal. When Jesus returns, there will be no doubt in anybody's mind that he has returned. Another thing that he says is going to happen in the future that we can prepare for, that we can expect. He says um, that there's going to be times when Christians, believers, people like you and me, we will be thrown into prison for, for believing, for simply believing. Now, our inclination is going to be to be upset or to get mad about that, but we shouldn't. Instead, Jesus said, use that as an opportunity to share your faith, to tell people about the gospel. The hope of the gospel. Because here's the deal. Um, Before Jesus returns, the gospel must be preached to every nation. Now, there's a whole lot of other clues or things that Jesus says you can look for or prepare for that's found there in Mark chapter 13. I don't have time to go into all of them this morning. But ultimately, he leads to this in Mark chapter 13 verses 32 and 33. Jesus says that when the day and the time is, no one knows for sure. Not the angels, not even him. The only one that knows when the day and the time of his return, or when the end times will occur, is the, is the Father himself. So he says, be alert. Be prepared. You may remember uh, from a few months ago, I told you a story about the Millerites. Now, um, the leader of the Millerites was a guy named William Miller, and he spent a good portion of his life doing something that Jesus said not to do, if you'll recall. He thought he could figure out from um, things that he had found in the Bible, he could figure out the exact date and time of Christ's return. And one day he thought he had it figured out, it was awesome, he told everybody that this was when it was gonna happen, and sure enough, the day comes, and what happens? Nothing. He was wrong, which shouldn't have came as a surprise to anybody because Jesus Himself said, no one will know the date and the time. But here's the deal. Jesus Himself did say, we could know the time and the season. You see, sprinkled throughout the Bible, there are clues about things that we can look for, things that we can prepare for, for the second coming of Christ, to know that Christ's return is imminent. So the question then becomes, well, what can we do actually to prepare? What are some specific things that we can do to prepare? Well, the first thing that we can do and that we should be doing is we need to be reading. We need to be reading the Bible. We need to be looking at what the Bible says about what some of these clues might be or could be. Now there's gonna be different ways to interpret them obviously, but we need to be reading our Bibles because when we read our Bibles, even though we won't know the exact time and day of Christ's return, we will know the, the time and the season. We can know that the birth pangs are occurring. The second thing that we can do to prepare is we need to share. Jesus Himself said that he's not going to return until the gospel has been preached to every nation. So we need to be sharing the gospel all the time. We need to be telling people that there is hope to be found. No matter what's going on in the world, no matter what world pandemics may be going on, there is hope and it's found in a relationship with Jesus. We need to share. We need to prepare by sharing. And finally, we need to remember. We need to remember that the circumstance of this world is not what defines us. We need to remember that there is always hope. We need to remember that God's got a plan and that God's got that God's in control and that God wins. And because God wins, we win too. So we need to read, we need to share, and we need to remember. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, um, as we find ourselves in some of the most unique circumstances that the world has ever known, we can rest assured that you've got this. We can celebrate today that there is hope no matter what the circumstance of life. Help us, Lord Jesus, to to be delving into these clues that you have scattered throughout the Scriptures. Help us to be wise and discerning, but help us to also be humble, realizing that we don't know everything. Help us, Lord, to um, to share the hope that we have, to share you because you are our hope. And let us never forget. Let us always remember that because of you, we win. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. Thank you for being with us and, and guiding us, especially in, the, in these next few weeks as we, as we study this, this whole idea of eschatology and um, as we prepare a firm foundation for uh, our understanding of the end times and your second coming as well. We love you Lord in Jesus name. Amen.
1: You know, people haven't changed in 2000 years since uh, the New Testament was written. And we can really see um, human nature on display when we read the book of Matthew chapter 18. Because what we see is Jesus' disciples kind of clamoring for a position. They want to know, Who's the best? They want to know who's number one. They want to know who's Jesus' favorite. And Jesus gives a really poignant answer to that question, and really a rather humbling answer to that question. Um, I want you to read along with me. The words will be up on the screen. We're reading Matthew 18, verses 1 through 4. It says, At that time the disciples came to Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. You see, children know when they have a need. Any of you out there who have kids know exactly what I'm saying. When they're hungry, they tell you, I'm hungry. When they're thirsty, they tell you, I'm thirsty. And they acknowledge that they cannot provide it for themselves, but they need someone else to do it for them. And we are much the same way with God. And so as we sing, Lord, I need you, humbly express your need for God every minute of every hour. (laughs)
2: Being <laughs> my song to rise to you. When temptation comes my way, when I cannot stand, I'll fall on you. Jesus, you're my hope and stay. When I cannot stand, I'll fall on you.
0: Thank you all for joining us this morning um, as part of our Prairie Bible worship experience. In the coming weeks, as I mentioned a moment ago, we're going to be uh, uh, studying more about what the Scripture has to say about um, Jesus' second coming and and how the current circumstances might fit into end times prophecy. Again, I don't have any idea whether it does or not, but having a firm foundation of what the Bible has to say about all this is a good idea. So let's get prepared. Have a great week, guys. God loves you, and so do I.